Hi, I'm Ann Reckling here today, and I'm here with Harrison, who is 19 years old and um, living with mitochondrial disease. Harrison, hi. Are you hi. there? Hi. Um, thank you so much for participating in these. Um, it's, I think, very helpful to other teenagers out there who are either recently diagnosed or who are just living with the disease, and even helpful to, to the older people and the parents um, to kind of hear your, your guys' stories. But I wanted to start first with um, how you were first diagnosed or how long have you been struggling with the symptoms and how it affects you? Uh, it started um, at the end of my sophomore year of high school. I was 16, and it was the last few weeks, and I started to get, I started out with what we thought was a virus. Um, we went to the doctor several times, um, couldn't shake the virus, couldn't get rid of it. And eventually, uh, just before I graduated, I walked downstairs and my dad told my mom that I looked just like my sister did when she crashed. And so then we started the whole process. And it took us about a year and a half to get the diagnosis. And okay. uh, I ended up uh, being out of school uh, my junior and senior year. So you were homeschooled or... Um, yep. We uh, we set up a 504 with the school, sure. and I took all of my academic courses at home and was exempt from gym. Um, I had tutors for math, writing, um, science, and history. Gosh. So you haven't had any symptoms until you were 16, or do you look back and see um, things? We, we look back and... Um, Prior to 16, we don't really recognize anything um, aside from maybe an extra hard cold or uh, getting real tired that could have been a symptom. Um, I was perfectly fine. Gosh, that must have been scary to be doing fine and then to have things kind of crash on you. Yeah, it was, it was tough because I was used to being able, I'd get a cold, I'd be sick for a day or two, and I'd be back on my feet doing everything that I was used to, everything I liked. And it was uh, it was a tough adjustment. Um, it was real hard to all of a sudden realize that when I did have a crash, I'd be down for weeks, couldn't go out, couldn't do stuff with friends, couldn't hang out. Right, right. Were you, in the beginning when you say crash, what's it like for you? Because I know it's different for everybody, um, um, for, some, for some people, I guess. Uh, most of my crashes involve getting um, debilitating migraines, and I end up sleeping uh, usually 17 to 18 hours of the day for a week or so. Okay. And that makes it pretty hard to be a teenager. Yeah. Um, can't go out, can't, uh, can't really have yeah. friends over because we don't want to ex get exposed to any sicknesses that have been going around or... So it's kind now of like you, uh, being secluded. Yeah. Your sister was already diagnosed at the time, or? Um, yeah, she um, she had problems um, since birth. I believe it took nine years for her diagnosis. Um, it huh. was uh, it actually ended up being a fluke. She was in the hospital for Kawasaki's disease, totally unrelated. Oh yeah. And it just happens to be. There just happened to be a doctor who was specializing in mitochondrial disease at the time um, at the hospital who saw her and put two and two together. 
That's amazing. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. Well, it, what kind of, go ahead, I'm sorry. It, it was real lucky for her. Yeah, it really was. And in a sense for you, too, in the sense is if you have one, at least they know to look for it. Right. Um, if you have a sibling or, or a parent mm-hmm. with a disease. Right. Now, what, what kind of stuff you're making now? And your mom mentioned in the email that you're in college. Um, yeah. Yeah, what kind of stuff do you like to do? What's going on with college? How do you make um, it all right, right now I'm taking um, four courses uh, for uh, full-time course load. Um, yeah. I take an algebra course. I take a writing course. Um, I'm taking biology and sociology. And... Uh, I'm, it's a science B track at the community college of Rhode Island. Um, okay. It's geared towards getting me ready for a four-year pre-med program. Wow. Uh, eventually, uh, I hope to get all of this under control and be a um, heart surgeon. That is amazing. That is a great goal. Uh, right now, being, being the freshman year, the uh, first semester, I'm getting uh, – getting used to a lot of adjustments, kind of realizing I need to be super careful about how I manage my time. Um, This past week and a half, I actually missed um, several days because I didn't manage myself well and ended up having some migraines. Okay. How do you you manage? Like, what do you do when you say manage yourself? What do you do? Um, I... Basically, for me, it's it's not too, too difficult. I just have to rest a lot. I can't um, go out. Um, I don't go out and drive around and see movies. I stay at home. I sit down. I watch TV. And uh, I also monitor, make sure that I'm eating and drinking enough. Okay. That seems to be what I hear a lot of the time, not only the rest, but particularly eating and particularly drinking, getting enough water. Mm-hmm. And fluid seems to be important. You're yep. able to eat okay. You don't have any kind of um, G tube or any of that. No, I have no uh, digestive. My main um, my main systems involved are my eyes and uh, and muscles. Um, so I actually have a little bit of a hard time keeping weight on uh, due to metabolism. Um, okay. But that seems to be working itself out right now. Um, I'm in a pretty I'm in pretty good shape. Um, okay. And my eyes, I'm actually, without my contacts, legally blind. Um, I believe it's 2,800 in one eye and 2,400 in the other. Wow. Now, is that related to the mito or is that just... Um, own... They believe it is because it happened in the course of a few months. Okay. Okay. So it's the migraines, the eyes, and the muscle weakness. Yep. Mainly. And uh, the the other thing that um, with the recent migraines, I ended up um, noticing that I was having some other issues that I believe were uh, um, emphasized by the migraines. So we went to the hospital again, and we found that I recently was diagnosed with epilepsy. So you started having seizures? Yes. Um, I don't have um, grand mal seizures. Um, I believe they... Um, called them absence seizures, which are, um, it's as simple as I'm sitting here talking to you, I pause for four seconds that I don't notice, and then pick up right where I left off. Okay. Okay. Now, do they give you medications to manage that, or are they? 
Um, yeah, they put me on uh, Lamictal. Right, right. So it sounds like, I mean, you're taking a full load at school. And yeah. that would take time. Before that, were you pretty busy with school, or did you have other activities? Um, prior to this, I was um, keeping up with school, um, getting all my work done at home. Um, pretty much throughout high school, I actually was able to, we were able to facilitate it so I could have my work done on my schedule. And that, that actually left me with the energy expenditures at a point where I could get out and go and do things with friends. I could go out and have fun, see movies. Um, we don't let the disease control our lives. We live through it, and we just make sure that we give ourselves time to do what we want to do. That's awesome. That's wonderful. And I think that kind of thing is so important for people, particularly who are like newly diagnosed, to hear. Yeah. Um, because cause sometimes when are you still there? Did I lose you? Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were still there. It sounded like the phone got dropped. Um, no, I think it's I think what you're saying is so important, especially for people who are newly diagnosed, um, because you can get on the internet and read um, very difficult stories, and you know those are real. And there's also people who are, are living with the disease and going on with their life and not letting it control control them like you guys are. Yeah. I think How? one of the most I think one of the most oh. important things for people who are in my particular age group mm-hmm. one of the hardest things is that you have a greater understanding of what's being said to you. Whereas somebody who was my sister's age when she got diagnosed, she didn't really understand that the disease can take a turn for the worse and end up being progressive and what the end of that progression is. And I think that that, that gives you, it's, it's harder, but it's also better because it allows you to put what you want to do in perspective and let you decide, I'm going to do this because I might not be able to in the near future. Okay. Yeah, it gives you it gives you a different perspective because you know you understand what what is the possibility could happen. Mm-hmm. And it also must be different too. I'm just imagining the contrast from feeling good to feeling yeah. bad. Whereas kids kids who are diagnosed early, and and I can use my son as an example. He was three, but he'd pretty much had problems since he was one and a half. I mean, that's, this is his life. This is what he's known. Yeah. You know, this is so, for him, there isn't so much of that recognition. I think, you know, as kids get older, they recognize it in other people, the differences. But Yeah, and I, I actually, I just had a discussion about that with my mom because that, that's one of my toughest things is realizing I am, I know that I have, uh, that I am capable of doing everything I want to do, and I am capable of achieving the academic status that I want, mm-hmm. and I, and, but then I realized that frustration of physically, I'm not in a place to attain that yet. Mm-hmm. Your body won't let you right now. Right. That would be, no, that would be very frustrating. Um, and at your age, it's, it's the age, I mean, I'm just thinking of like late teens, young adulthood, you're thinking about what you're going to do with your life, what you want to be and 
it's a lot about your goals and dreams. Yeah. How's it been with friends? What has it been like for you? Um, I actually, I had a few close friends that I had gained through um, the middle school and early high school years that um, stayed good friends throughout junior and senior year. Other than that, I didn't really have much of an opportunity to branch out and meet new people um, just because I wasn't, I wasn't in a social environment. Uh, I wasn't right. at the high school every day meeting, seeing people, talking to people. I wasn't at the mall with people saying, mm -hmm. hanging out. I wasn't out doing everything everybody else was. And it was, it was tough to um, have to rely on a few good friends as opposed to just having a bunch of people to call up and hang out. Yeah, yeah. That would be frustrating. That would be frustrating. And those friends? Oh, go ahead. My, uh, my senior prom, I ended up making it to my senior prom. We, uh, we purposely set stuff up so that I would be able to go. And okay. uh, I had a friend um, who actually uh, that I've known since before I was born, pretty much, um, who flew out and she went with me. And it, I got home that, that morning and we brought her back to the airport. And after she left, I kind of had a little bit of an emotional breakdown just because it was tough being back in the environment, seeing everybody who was hanging out, who was friends, and realizing that I had missed all of that um, friendship making. Yeah. or social uh, networking. All those, uh, and all those experiences yeah. that are sort of typical of juniors and seniors mm -hmm. in high school. And that the, the one thing that I actually can say was good that came out of it is we learned how we have to manage everything for my sister so that she doesn't have to go through that. We have her oh. in a place where she is attending school as much as possible to be with friends and do all of that social networking. Okay, okay. So you've been able to, in a sense, learning from her experience, um, mm -hmm. or learning, she's learning from your experience, um, from what you went through. Yep. So you didn't, other than like going to senior prom, you really weren't around the school a whole lot? No, I, um, I went in once or twice, uh, just there were there was maybe a field trip for an elective that I was taking or something okay. like that. But I I didn't I didn't go to school for any academic classes for two years. Okay. That was done at home. Yep. So you rest and you eat and you drink and if you do those things you're able to manage. You're able to Sometimes it must it may feel like only managing and then sometimes it feels like crashing and sometimes it feels good. Is that sort of yeah the way it, way it kind of goes? Um, and right now with the, with the college uh, schedule and everything, we're trying to uh, sort of push the envelope a little bit to see what I can do to make myself feel even better so that I'm not as tired as much. Um, I'm trying to uh, – um, trying not to sleep as much during the day. Um, one thing that we have contemplated switching so that I, on a normal but awkward sleep schedule, is I'll, I might take night classes next semester so that I can sleep oh. during the day and then function at night, which is sort of the schedule that I've been on. Okay. Okay. 
so you're like functioning in the evening, so you kind of stagger the sleeping. Yeah. Spread it out. Mm-hmm. Is that working? Have you have you started it, or are you that's you're thinking of that for next semester? Um, I'm doing doing a little bit of I guess an experiment right now yeah. um, with what one of my professors is allowing me to attend one of his evening classes, but stay oh. registered in his day class. Okay. So I'm going to be attending that. Um, later at night, um, and I'll see how that works out, being able to rest during the day and then go back at night. Oh, that makes sense. It sounds like it's, what you're talking about is that you have to be very flexible. Yeah. You learn to you know, be flexible mm-hmm. and to try, yeah, to try new things. How did you end up wanting to be a heart surgeon? That's a very specific... Um, it was actually my junior year, one of the few things I did attend um, my teacher um, made it so that I could go in after school hours and just with him, uh, it was a dissection lab and it was a dissection of a heart and it was one of the coolest things I had ever done. That's great. And then um, he also, that same teacher, um, in my high school, where I went to high school, they have what's called a senior project mm-hmm. and it is basically a thesis paper and field work that you do, um, and it's a project that you pass, it's a pass or fail to graduate. Okay. And um, he got me into a program at um, Rhode Island Hospital in their research lab where I was able to volunteer and uh, help out with the care of the animals and watch some surgeries. Oh, that's amazing. That must have been so fascinating. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. That's neat. We've what you've let you've let me know sort of what what works to cope and how to kind of get through things. What would you say isn't helpful? Um, um eating a lot of junk food. I mean, every everything that you sort of hear that's normally bad for you mm-hmm. is multiplied tenfold for um, kids my age with mitochondrial disease. I mean, you have to eat. Um, eating constantly, as opposed to where most people would say you're supposed to eat three good meals a day, um, graze, but graze on good things, like maybe if you find a vegetable that you like and just keep that, so you're eating five servings of that a day, have a lot of water. Um, I, I have a water bottle that I just, I fill it up, I drink it, when it's empty, I go and fill it up again. Okay. Okay, so you keep yourself really well hydrated. Yeah, and it's 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 not eating a lot of stuff. It's just constantly, constantly have something good for you that you're doing. Putting into your body. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to find out that the more doing a little bit of exercise here and there isn't bad. So like uh, in the school, there's elevators, but I'll mm-hmm. take stairs up and down, and it's it's as simple as two flights of stairs but it's walking that and walking out to my car okay. and not doing four, but it's also not ex- overextending yourself and doing four flights of stairs. Finding that balance, mm-hmm. which I would, it's, I think it's a challenge at any age, but I think it's even more of a challenge, at least it would have been for me as a teenager to sort of rein my, be able to rein myself in and know, you know, what I could do, or not even know what I could do, just to get myself to stop. I've, I've encountered that a few times where I have 
felt absolutely fine when starting the activity, and I have extremely overexerted myself and then come to about uh, an hour after the activity being uh, crippled, either from getting a headache or muscle cramps or... Right, right. And I guess that's how, I mean, I think it's how all of us learn. Sometimes we, we kind of overextend ourselves. Yeah. Are there, if you think back about, you know, what it was like to go through this, and, you're, and it's been fairly recent for you to be diagnosed, what, is there anything that you wish somebody had told you that you, you know, kind of want to pass on um, to somebody else who might be walking in your shoes? Uh, is there anything that I would want to pass on? Pass on. I mean, just tell. Like, is there any information or things that you know? Any, anything that I wish somebody had told me? Yeah, about what it's like. I, I really, I, I think that the doctors that I've encountered have been extremely good. Um, I, I can't think of anything that I wish the doctors had told me. Um, the biggest thing that I would pass on to other people is it's it is a disease and it can be dangerous but it, it can't identify who you are and you can't let it control you. You need to realize that at the point that you are whatever point you're at, there is somebody worse off than you and you have the ability to do whatever you want to, really. Um, I mean, with with the seizures, um, I have my motorcycle license, and with the proper medication, I go out and drive the motorcycle with my dad every once in a while. Wow. That's great. That's great. So realizing those dreams and not having it limit you. Living the disease, not surviving it is the key. Ah. That's a great quote. We should ha- we should have that up on the site because um, it is. It's a great quote. I, I I believe that that is from a book called The Secret. That that idea. Okay. And the to... book the book The Secret is um, it's actually a scientific based book, um, based ba- based in quantum physics, and the real simple idea around it is. Your your emotional aura that you put out will be returned to you at some point. So if if you put out good vibes and you're nice to people and you have a positive outlook, that will come back to you. If you sit down and seclude yourself and and um, negative have put out negative vibes, that will come back to you. That makes that makes a tremendous amount of sense, and I I think one of the things that I've enjoyed most about interviewing um, all the different teenagers is that I hear that from them. I hear that all of them are finding ways to still live their lives, and they live their lives. And they may have to do things a little bit different. They may have to change things, um, but they're still able to realize dreams. And right. I mean that's an inspiration, I think, for other. Teenagers, I think it's also an inspiration for those of us, um, those parents that are raising young children um, Mm. when we look to the future for them. If you can just stay on the line for a second, I'm going to 
I'm going to say quick say quick goodbye, but thank you so much uh, for talking with me today. It's awesome. And I know I'm going to get a chance to talk to your sister too, so I really appreciate it. So hang on Terrific. for a minute. I, Thanks. I'm just glad I could help. <laughs>